Hello, it's Wednesday the 21st of June. I'm Miranda Sawyer and my deadline is awfully tight. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we tear into a pile of papers like a pack of happy Labradors to celebrate the greatest things about the UK press and rip apart the worst with our teeth. We're out every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, so subscribe on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Here are the headlines for today's show. Is this a school or a zoo? Kids are self-identifying as animals in UK's classrooms. Controlling interest, mortgages to soar as interest rates shoot up. And underwater hell, Titanic 5 stuck in tiny vessel at bottom of the sea are running out of oxygen. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, the show that gives you what's in the papers and why it's there. I'm Miranda Sawyer and here to munch through the newsprint with me, it's TV and radio host and presenter of the Smart 7 podcast, Jamie East. Hello, Jamie. Hello. Also with us, we have historian and author of Behind Closed Doors, The Secret Life of London's Private Members Clubs, Seth Tavo. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So what have we got on the headlines front? Jamie, what do you have? First up is The Sun. I was booked on Doomed Titanic Sub, which tells the story of Chris Brown, who was 61, who paid the deposit to go on the the ill-fated sub, but backed out uh, and asked for a refund after he was less than convinced. Uh, The Daily Star has said uh, the video game submarine, and this is about the fact that a lot of people have focused on this, that a £42 Amazon uh, video game controller uh, is is the uh, the device that the, the... the pilots the, the, yeah. the, the pilot is using to actually steer yeah. steer this sub underwater yeah kind of you know it's I think they're focusing on the wrong element of the story here you know it's like something has to control it these are pretty good things it's like it's not unusual for a for a controller like this to control that but I've, the fact you can buy it on Amazon is what's what the focus yeah, point is it seems very weird yes it's yep. exactly. okay Seth what do you have um, well, the Guardian's leading on the mortgage meltdown, which has severely split the Conservative Party right down the middle on this. Um, interestingly enough, we've got a comment from the Chancellor this morning. Uh, he says today's figures strengthen the case for the government to stick to its guns no matter what pressure from left, right or centre. We need to be patient. Right, um, OK. So apparently we need to keep doing whatever we've been doing, which right. has brought us into this mess. Okay. Um, the I is also very interested in this. Tories face UK mortgage time bomb as bank urged to make big rate hike. Uh, the Telegraph has uh, noticed actually that something like one in three Tory seats, key marginals in particular, are in danger from a backlash effect on this. The I is running on that as well. Um, and obviously on the subject of mortgages uh, and any kind of discussion, the mail is having an orgasm. <laughs> As ever. <laughs> OK, um, uh, let's have a quick look at the Titanic story. I mean, this kind of landed immediately on all the front pages because it's yeah. such a kind of outrageously bizarre and absolutely terrifying tale. I mean, it's like a disaster movie, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, there will be pictures going into Netflix today, sadly. That's that's just how these kind of stories work. And it's 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 horrible to say because there there is no there's no there's not a nice part of this story whatsoever you know there's a lot of nastiness going around the fact that the guy's a billionaire it doesn't really matter he's yeah. still in a tin bath um, you know under the uh, under the sea under the ocean watching his watching his oxygen run out and there's a 19 year old boy on there as well it just they can't even stretch their legs it's just it's just horrific um but the, the, the 
the papers love this, you know, because we get to have infographics. We get to kind of like, uh, we get to delve into the, the mechanics of this. And, and, and of course, the characters involved in this couldn't have been better for uh, a media frenzy. You know, the videos unearthed of the um, of the of the guys that built these things, kind of like... Blase, about, blase about tearing up kind of like safety documents and stuff like that. The Times uh, have run a great infographic. I love these, you know, I mean, this is like a dream for a newspaper graphics artist. They normally just have <laughs> to kind of like where can you buy this dress from but now they can they get to kind of like have these brilliant 3d ones i think the mail have done a great one as well yeah the mail has got the french front page in two spreads with this kind of amazing diagram as to what actually is going on yeah you know i mean it is kind of like a kind of 1970s textbook diagram isn't exactly it? well you know everyone's using this phrase they're in an area the size of connecticut now i have no idea how big connecticut is but what this what these graphics do is kind of like holding up a banana for scale is that you can see the size of the Titanic compared to a 747 and you can see roughly you know the, the just the sheer depth of, of where they are and how difficult it would be to spot them because I think like most of us we think well surely there are sonars and stuff that that you know that, that can spot these like in an instant I've seen the films yeah you know, and, but and clearly, unfortunately the films are not reality no precisely it's just a misery guts of a story Today's top story is mortgages. Sorry about that. Yes, like the world's worst dinner party guests, the papers won't stop banging on about house prices, interest rates and who's got the biggest debt. What have the I got, sir? Um, really, the, the meltdown effect of mortgages, which has been a sort of ticking time bomb for years in the making... Um, and this is something which is already uh, showing very demonstrably, but it's going to get worse over the next few months. We also saw this was compounded today by UK inflation, which remains d- doggedly stuck at a very high level, 8.7%. Uh, core inflation is at 7.1%. Um, this is actually the highest it's been since 1992, which is going to make mortgage repayments even harder. Uh, and th- this is basically, it's a cost of living thing. Yep. So that what it is, is that um, if your mortgages go up, you've got less money and yep. you, that you've got less money anyway because of all the, uh, because the, you know, everything costs more. I have to say that um, The Guardian has a kind of told you so piece, which quotes Martin Lewis mm. saying that he warned Jeremy Hunt this was going to happen two years ago. And then Jeremy That's all Hunt Martin did. Lewis says. I told you so. Yeah, it's all he's been saying for the past two years. <laughs> to be fair, he did. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, I agree. I'm not, I'm not disputing it. It's like... But- this is a, a cost of living crisis that our government cares about because it's a middle class mm. cost of living crisis. Yeah. You know, you need to have a mortgage in the first place to actually be affected by this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and not that many people have, have mortgages. I mean, the, the amount of people have, has actually gone down. It's about something like 25% of homeowners have got mortgages now. And all the Telegraph readers presumably have paid theirs off. So that's <laughs> yeah. why they're kind of going for it. It might, have, it might affect the uh, Tory seats because mm. what they've uh, discovered is that there's a... Um, that a number of homeowners facing enormous mortgages is larger than the Tory party's majority in yeah. a lot of the seats, including Boris Johnson's seat. That's right. And I mentioned um, the rate of inflation, but we may see an, uh, a hike in the rate of interest rates as soon as tomorrow. I mean, the projections are maybe half a percent. Yeah. Now, if you look at other countries that are having mortgage problems and so on around the world, they're cutting interest rates as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's another piece actually in The Guardian which compares different... Uh, countries, according, you know, according to their kind of how they manage mortgages. I've never and- wanted to live in Belgium more. <laughs> 
Yes, was because in cent- Belgium, apparently, they fix the, the they fix the rate for kind of 20, 30 years. Yeah, so no, for, the, get- for the length of the whole length of yeah, the term. Yeah, loads of countries do. Yeah. Which now, in high, it's like that seems like a perfectly reasonable idea to our parents in the eighties. That was the worst idea ever. Because hang on a sec, we, this is our pension. We want to we want to mm. make money off our houses. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, uh, Michael Gove is actually suggesting this. He's suggesting twenty five year uh, fixed rate mortgages, but um, all the information says that the UK don't like this. We don't like it because we think of houses are kind of speculative, you know, yeah. like it's something like, we make money It's that like. little dabble on the stock market kind of thing, yep. isn't it? It's, and and I, it, we are like that. I've been like that in the past. I'm sure anybody with a mortgage has at some point gone, well, you know, I might hold on to this for a bit. But, you know, it's, it's, in, it's obviously completely unsustainable. It's damaging our children's futures. My mm. kids have got, you know, I've got a 30-year-old son. He's, he's never even, the concept of owning a home has never even occurred to him. I'd had a mortgage by, for three years by the time I was his age, yeah. which is just crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, it is uh, interesting, and uh, I think I mean Generation Rent, which is your son, yeah. must be kind of looking on and, I mean, grimacing really. But it, I think they just my kids uh, who are a homeowner. I've got two kids of homeowning age. It's just, it's a, it's a it's a it's a phantom concept to them because mm. they're looking at reading all these stories doesn't affect them because they have no it's, they have no way on into that life anyway this is yeah. like a, this is a this is a mum and dad problem yeah, I, mean, I mean you know I, what it is I'm in the middle of trying to remortgage at the moment as a self-employed geezer trying to remortgage I, I may as well be looking for rocking or shit <laughs> I've, I've spent most of my 30s desperately wanting to get a mortgage yeah. to try, and I've never felt so vindicated yeah. by an inability to get a mortgage. But, uh, you know, I also read an interesting stat where it's just like, this is raising the interest rates and making the middle classes use up as much of their expendable income on a mortgage as possible is the only way that they think that they're going to drive down inflation because it gets rid of any expendable income to kind of go and spend on theatre trips or stuff. So Yes, that's exactly. What... They're trying to take money out of the system and this is how they're doing it. I have to say that there's some, you know, the papers do illustrate it with some mad pieces. There was a mad piece in the Express on Monday that blamed Gordon Brown for the mortgage crisis because he got rid of tax relief on mortgage payments in 2000. And now and... they're talking about bringing it back. Yeah, exactly. But the, the illustration was that this was going to cost households £270 a year, given that like, some people are facing increases of that every week. I mean, maybe I, yeah. the expression... I'd, I'd happily settle for being only £270 a year poorer. Yeah, yes, exactly. And the, and the Telegraph has illustrated the point with some mad examples. There was um, a man who bought a house for £7 million in July last year. Good for him. Of, yeah, exactly, with mixed mortgages. His monthly mortgages payments, you'll be very interested to know, have gone up from 8300 a month... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. £220,000. Oh, wow. He might have to take I the mean, kids that... out of private school. Bless him. <laughs> Bless him. Now, the truly great headline is one of the reasons to read the papers, and we've been scouring the press for our favourites. What have we got today? Jamie, what I do you have? I've got a double whammy from the Mirror. The Mirror have had a great day today, actually. <laughs> so, uh, first up, Prince William dropped in on the England squad to wish them luck in the Women's World Cup and score a winner by surprising the manager, Serena Weigman, with her CBE. On me, Ed. Very good. I like the way that they can't use Onomied's son because exactly. it's Precisely. the women's can't football do that. team. It's about the women, in it? <laughs> and you have another. I'll do an impression of a very well-known uh, movie star uh, with this one. So we've Ooh. got the, a missing tortoise has been returned to her owners after two years of wandering adventures found five miles away. Total recall. 
<laughs> Very good. That I was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, by the way. I actually got it. Did you so well good. done. Good. Well done. Your yeah. turtle Just recall back. was yeah. beautiful. Okay. <laughs> and Seth, what do you have? I've been enjoying the mirror as well. The uh, the working men's club that was used as a location in the Full Monty has uh, fallen apart. The, the stage has collapsed, so it's now the Fall Monty. Very, Very good. good. Excellent. Round of applause. And uh, this is quite a serious story about an outbreak of waterborne diseases amongst the Russian army on the Ukrainian front. But the headline is Dam's Busters Hit by Cholera. Blimey. <laughs> and that's in The Star. Of it course is. it is. OK, and I have one here and this is in uh, The Sun. Yes, The Sun. And this is continuing on with the um, ever exciting and intriguing Kevin Costner expensive divorce story where his ex-wife won't leave his mansion. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> and it is, oh, Kevin, this is so gonna cost you. Amazing. Way. Whoop, whoop. Right, it's time for the outstanding strange story of the day, which is how furries are taking over the classrooms. This is an education story that, for once, isn't completely depressing. It's the fact that a couple of papers have discovered that some teenagers are self-identifying as animals, as cats or horses, and, sorry, are demanding that (laughs) teachers address them as such. These kids are called furries, and they're causing the Telegraph, at least, to have an absolute breakdown. There are various headlines. The Sun goes with, no, pupils can't identify as cats. And of course Piers Morgan has uh, decided he wants to identify as a cat, which, you know, obviously... Nearly spelt it right. (laughs) I mean, he hasn't got the time to turn up to the phone hacking case, but he has the time to uh, dress up as a pussy. But, um, okay, Jamie, what is going on here? Well, so... I've got to admit a bit of naivety in terms of the, the, the whole furry phenomenon. For me, I kind of, I used to associate it with a bit like, do you remember Channel 4's Dogging Tales where that guy was like dressed up as, with an owl mask on? And I've seen like <laughs> Comic Con into all of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I, love, I love it all. And I, I thought it was like a Japanese thing that we'd inherited, which it probably is in some way, shape or form. Um, but as far as I'm aware, it's, you know, it's, it's folk in their private time dressing up in in pretty elaborate football club mascot costumes and living like that that's that's what i presumed what it was but this is taking it a step further this is where kids and and presumably adult furbies uh are, not furbies furries furries are, furbies very different are classing are are, are identifying themselves as I, don't know, I guess like a unicorn a horse a, a cow a, you know whatever whatever the costumes are yeah, it's not even costumes. It's actually it's actually just self-identification. So, I mean, you know, the Telegraph, basically, this is a quote from the Telegraph. The Telegraph can reveal that teaching assistants at, at schools are taking children who identify as horses out cantering, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> and feeding pieces of meat to those who consider themselves dinosaurs. Now, I mean, now, great. <laughs> exactly. Now, there's, there's an element to this. Fine. Identify as Whatever the hell you like, I'm on board with that. If it makes if it makes your day go more pleasurably, fantastic. There's also an element to this where I'm reading this, thinking these kids are absolutely loving, <laughs> of course, taking the piss out of these teachers. I mean, having a teacher feed mm. a pupil a piece of meat because <laughs> they have just decided I am a velociraptor. Oh. That is just brilliant. If I could have done that in 1983 at Woodland School in Derby, I would absolutely have done that. I'd have been wrapped over the head with a bloody bloody chalkboard rubber. Yes, well, exactly. I hope it's properly cooked because even dinosaurs have taste. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, it's it's a funny story, um, without a doubt. I mean, you know, there's there's details of, of kids self-identifying as the moon, which apparently means they need to wear a cape, which I 
you know, who I'm not knows? Quite sure. we, don't, yeah. we don't know why. Yeah. Um, but it's also a kind of indicator of a lot of things, I think, meaning that, you know, kids, teenagers are slightly nervous about being themselves, and also that schools don't actually have guidance about how to deal with self identification yeah. at all. And, that, and this is causing a problem, and it's actually causing the papers to slightly, I'm going to use mm. the technical lose their shit. Um, uh, the Telegraph is the paper that's banging on about it mostly. Uh, Seth, why? Um, I mean, if you read between the lines, there's a, a lot about there just having a go at trans rights, effectively. This is the yeah. thing. Um, and remember that it's not so long ago, only a few decades ago, that we had something like Section 28. Um, and we had, you know, the uh, promotion of homosexuality that was denigrated and discouraged in schools. Conservatives don't do that now through the Telegraph, but they have another uh, minority group that they can happily bash. And this is one of these um, really far-fetched sort of things. What's troubling in the Telegraph's report is that they say that in having called for an investigation, they've asked to investigate whether pupils' safety has been put at risk. How is letting somebody dress up in a furry costume yeah, it's, endangering it's their safety? It's not a safety, safety issue. No. Yeah. no, but it's safeguarding and everybody's uh, yeah. they're always worried about safeguarding so they'll then use it as an excuse to go and check on uh, pupils' backgrounds. It is an interesting uh, situation, isn't it? Because essentially um, the, the, the government will bring in school guidance and it may stop trans kids self-IDing I have yeah. to say. Yeah, it will. Which is what it's intended to do. Mm. But I love the furries. Mm. <laughs> I, I think I might be a furry. <laughs> and also some kids just like dressing up in funny costumes. This yeah. is not unknown behaviour. My eldest lad, to the, uh, to the age of six, identified as Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely true story. Hi, Oliver. Morning. I don't think I was out of a Batman costume until I was five. So. <laughs> There's a, a few quotes from Nadim uh, Zawi. The well, there's a credible person. <laughs> Ex-education secretary. Um, and what's he saying? Um, essentially, he's worried about the children. You know, surprise, surprise. Um, what I found interesting about his comments is how much they echo almost identical comments by Ron DeSantis only a month ago. I mean, this really is culture war stuff writ large straight out of the Republican playbook. Yeah, he also says, which I think is slightly um, uh, uh, biting himself on the bum, we should let kids be kids. Mm. In which case, let them be a cat. Let them be a moon, yeah. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Most people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, let's flick past the news reports to the fun stuff of the papers, the features, the fashion, the lifestyle, the sport, plus whatever is twisting the columnist's nicks. So uh, what caught your eye today, Jamie? Um, Not necessarily caught my eye, but certainly caught the attention of my nose. Um, Miranda, (laughs) when was the last time you put fresh underwear on, if you don't mind me asking? I have to say, this morning. Perfect. Same. Seth? (laughs) Strangely enough, this morning as well. (laughs) Well, we're all doing it wrong. (laughs) Apparently, you can you can leave the same pair of pants on for six months. And who's telling us this? The Guardian. Of course. Of course they are, the Guardian. <laughs> We're even um, wearing our underpants wrong. Exactly, exactly. Uh, this is a story, and, and you know, it, it, it's a story that's born from common sense, ultimately, is, you know, ecologically, energy-wise, you know, 
just all, all sustainability, the whole kind of thing is, uh, is born from the fact that in a busy household, in a, the washing machine is used a hell of a lot. It's used too hot, it's used too often, it's used for too long, blah, 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 blah. So it stems from the fact that, you know, and, and I'm a bit of a connoisseur of denim. I, I bought a pair of jeans a couple of years ago that still haven't been washed. Salvage denim and never washing them is a good, is a way of breaking it in and, and making them look authentic. Like do I'm you a, do that thing of putting it in the freezer? No, that's no. a terrible idea. I don't like that at all. No. I mean, this isn't. This is actually came out of a, a story that was in the Guardian yesterday, where um, <laughs> where a man called Tim was interviewed who decided yeah. to cut down on washing. I have to say, the salient point here is he's a software engineer. <laughs> Works from home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop washing. But anyway, in the article, he said he can let get pants to last a week, and the journalist, slightly horrified, yeah. says, "How?" And he says, "You just have." Have to have very low standards <laughs> which is such a great advocate for all things in life i think yes, life exactly. would be a whole lot easier and better if we just lowered our standards a hell of a lot i think but especially on software now exactly but wearing pants i just cannot get my head around that and there's another guy they speak to a guy called tom a bit yeah. later on in the article who has discovered merino wool you know, merino wool is you know it's the it's the, it's the expensive stuff in Gap, really. That's yeah. why it's like very thin, fine wool that isn't itchy or kind of like uh, warming. It's more aerating. He wears merino wool pants. Now that to me just sounds awful. It sounds like an Arctic expedition. It just sounds like a trial. It sounds like an endurance test. And yeah. you know, he says, and great quote for him. I don't think anyone has complained. <laughs> he can't be they're sure. Literally behind your back. There's a WhatsApp group though. Well, no, yeah. they, they they all just left the room. That's why. <laughs> exactly. There's a, the, well, the, the the Guardian has followed up with this, and I have to say that all the papers have followed up on this. The Star is very good at picking up things mm. like that. As soon as you see a story like you know, don't wash your Grundies for a week, the Star kind of brings it on. Don't wash your Grundies ever. Ever. Yeah, yeah. never, never. Surely it's easier not to wear them at all. That's what I would say. You know, it's like we commandos are pretty acceptable thing every now and then I think we've I'm sure we've all gone commando on a Sunday at Glastonbury for the sake of, for the sake of our own mental health um, but it's introduced the, the Guardian obviously go into the whole mechanics of it have you ever used soap nuts I don't know what they are. No, me neither. We didn't know what they are. I've never heard of soap nuts. This is something that you use that, that's like the natural... It's like brushing your teeth with charcoal. You buy soap nuts on Amazon, lob them in the washing machine. They cost 11 quid. I think you can reuse them. And apparently they, they're very good for light washes, but you might want to chuck a cup of white vinegar in to soften it. I cannot think of... I'd rather, I'd rather not wash the underpants at all. Maybe this is what's happening. People aren't washing them for six months because the only other option is that they smell of vinegar. Yeah, it's just back to 1970s living, isn't it? That's what it strikes me, yeah. does, really. You know, that it's like, you know, it's back to kind of rinsing your collar, using a bit of fairy liquid on it, and that'll do for the next day. Angel delight for pudding. Looking forward <laughs> to the thick lapels. <laughs> Seth, um, what do you have in the star? Uh, well, this is good fun because uh, Liz Truss obviously came out and talked about how puerile the whole lettuce thing was. <laughs> and the star have had their say. They've come back. Joke's on you, Trussy. Liz Truss has finally admitted that she didn't find this paper's joke about who would last longer, her or lettuce, that humorous. Evidently, it was puerile and childish. Uh, no, it was funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's that. Yeah. So there, the star has spoken. Okay. And Seth, you've got another story, haven't you? In the mail. Yeah, it's the strange obsession of the mail with trying to vindicate Boris Johnson through saying, "Well, other people were at it as well." So they've been going after Sir Bernard Jenkin, member of the Privileges Committee, and uh, they now describe this as silence of Sir Bernard, day seven. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's not speaking. He's just wandering around in the nude, I presume. And Jamie, you've got a story on the front page of the eye. Love it. Ken Bruce goes global. We all know you know Ken Bruce uh, jumped ship from Radio Two uh, to Global to host his own show on Greatest Hits Radio. Fairly acrimoniously, I think, for for cuddly Ken, he was pretty pissed off that you know that they hadn't offered him a new contract or they were lethargic. And what that basically means, and it's something that happens. With Sky Sports do quite a lot. Where it's like, I can't believe they've let such and such go. And it's like they know exactly what they're doing. They yeah. know at some point they have to refresh they have to get a younger crowd in they have to get youngest younger talent in and but the the key point in this is that ken was allowed to the, the amazement of anyone that works in television or radio was allowed to take the brand pop masters with him which arguably is one of the most powerful formats on British radio today. Yeah, it's a and quiz, it isn't like it? It's ten... a pop quiz. It's a very basic pop quiz. There is no bells and whistles to it. It's pretty standard stuff. You know, millions listen to it every day at half past ten, every single day, tune in to hear some dope who doesn't know uh, that that was, uh, that was a Coldplay sing, Coldplay B-side from 1997. You know, that's it's that kind of shouting at your radio thing. But he's been allowed to take it with him. He, he In his mind... He offered it to the BBC, according to him. He said, would you like this format? This would be a great TV format. And they were like, yeah. So what has he done? Taken it to Global for millions of quid, and it's now launching on More 4 next week as a, as a, as a daytime uh, TV quiz. Fair play to Ken. You know, it's a great story. And slightly embarrassing for the BBC. Yeah, he won. I he won. Mm. I am uh, turning to the Times too, as I always do, <laughs> um, where it is telling me how to wear a hat. Oh, good. Yes, thank goodness. It's um, it, the title is "How to Avoid Going the Full Nafcot at Ascot." I mean, what this is yet again from the Times too is how to pass the Mean Girls test, how to dress so other women won't judge you, and it's simply the very thin women who live in West London that yeah. are going to judge you about this. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a paragraph in here that slightly drives me mad because it reminds reminds me of Jackie in the 1970s. It says, finding a style of hat that flatters you will largely be determined by your face shape. And then it goes on about, have you got a long or oblong face? Have you got a square face? Have you got an oval face? I mean, it is so basic. I've got no idea what shape face I've got. Nor you should have. No. <laughs> like, really, you know, what I feel like saying to women who read this stuff is, don't worry about the shape of your face. Wear a hat if you've got to. Enjoy it. Yeah. Like, go go full frill. They're all about worried about being naff. I say go as naff as you can. I like the ones where it's like a fake fish and chips. You know, where you get women rocking up with just 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 like sweet bags of sweet cats. They're, they're probably one <laughs> exactly. more Exactly. More fun. Less worrying. Wasn't that one of the costumes in The Producers? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what I watched. It wasn't the news at 10 coming live from Mascot. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. If you liked it, remember to follow us on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Paper Cuts Show. The link is in the show notes, where we'll be marvelling at yet more of the funs and puns of Fleet Street. Thanks to Seth Tavo. Thank you, thank you. And thanks to Jamie East, back on the Smart 7 every morning. Every damn morning. <laughs> <laughs>
And that's our show. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow Paper Cuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and a wildly excitable review. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when Rod Stewart informed the world that he dresses up every night for a formal dinner with his wife, Penny. Presumably he's not cooking with the fish fingers. See you next time. <laughs>